Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, September 16th. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the Department of Health lifts the boil water notice in Jackson. We hear from officials about what residents can expect. Plus, September is Suicide Prevention Month. We talk to a mental health advocate on the role of family support. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. announce that we have restored clean water to the city of Jackson. As of today, we can state that the boil water advisory can be lifted for all those who rely on Jackson's water system. After nearly two months of being forced to boil water before drinking it or using it to brush teeth, residents of the capital city can once again consume tap water. Governor Tate Reeves and health officials made the announcement during a press conference yesterday. Reeves says the unified goal was restoring water, but recognizes there is still more work to be done. Moving forward, we will continue to monitor the system. Additional testing will be administered to ensure continued water quality. Now, I do believe it's very important that we set expectations up front. While we have restored water quality, this system is still imperfect, and we are going to address issues throughout the duration of the state's response. It is possible, although I pray not inevitable, that there will be further interruptions. We cannot perfectly predict what may go wrong with such a broken system in the future. We do know that the experts tell us that the state's boil water notice can end today. Emergency orders will remain in effect and in full force until deemed appropriate to lift. There are measures residents need to take to ensure water quality in their home. Dr. Jim Craig is Deputy Director for the Mississippi Department of Health. I want everyone to remember, though, while this is very fabulous news, as the governor alluded, we still have much work to do at the plant. There's much work still to be done in the distribution system. And just as it was before we had the boil water notice, state-imposed boil water notice, There will be times when lines will be worked on or pressure may drop in a certain subdivision while crews are working that 
precautionary ball water notices may still be issued in different parts of the city. We're also pleased that the ball water notice is lifted, but there are a few reminders that I'd like to, to remind everybody about what to do when a ball water notice is lifted. You need to discard any drinks or ice, food things that were made during the ball water notice. You want to flush your faucets for three to four minutes to introduce the clean water that's coming from the plant throughout all the house plumbing. You want to rewash any food or drink con contact items with clear system water, again, that's, that should be available uh, throughout the city now. Always check your water filters. If they've been processing for a while, uh, you want to check those filters and replace those as necessary. Do not use water from hot water heaters for drinking. Please run your dishwasher a couple of times before washing dishes. Again, you just want to make sure that all of the clean water is in your home as you begin to use it again. Craig says the testing required to lift the boil water order made a slew of EPA guidelines to assure safety. But with a system plagued by water issues for decades, the lingering question of safety remains. When asked about confidence in the water, Craig and Reeves provided a variety of responses. So again, you know, we have the EPA in-house. We have a lot of federal partners. There's a lot of interest in making sure that the water is safe to drink. Um, you know, we're at the point now that the, disinfect the disinfection levels in the system have been verified through EPA-approved laboratory tests, and the bowl water notice has been officially lifted by the State Department of Health as of 1 o'clock today. So I, I think that uh, the folks in Jackson, if you would follow the guidance that we, we have on our website for what to do in your home when you have a boil water notice lifted is the best thing for them to know that they have safe water to drink. I'll just follow that up uh, by saying there have been um, investigative sampling uh, going on for quite some period of time. Uh, some of us um, have been uh, strongly encouraging uh, more and quicker testing, and um, the State Department of Health, to their credit, um, has stood strong and said we're going we're gonna to test and we're going to make this decision when it is appropriate. By virtue of the requirements of the federal government and the state health department lab, it takes hours and hours and hours once the samples are taken to confirm that the bacteria levels are at a level uh, that meets the standard. And so this, the, the, what we're announcing today is from sampling that occurred yesterday, um, and so we feel uh, confident in that regard. Um, you know, if, if you wouldn't drink the water on July the 1st, um, then maybe you shouldn't drink it now, but um, we are, we're back to pre-July 29th, which is when the first state-imposed boil water notice uh, went into effect. During the boil water advisory, resources from the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency were utilized to ensure residents had access to safe drinking water. Their efforts were supplemented by federal assistance and the generosity of citizen organizations in and out of state. Reeves expressed his gratitude toward all who aided the residents of Jackson. To everyone who has stepped up during this crisis, please know that you will never be forgotten. The people of Jackson and our entire state appreciate you. Through it all, Mississippians have continued to show their resiliency. From flooding to this water crisis, I recognize deeply the challenges that the last few weeks have presented for Mississippians in our capital city. 
This time has been hard on all of us. But now we can move forward together stronger than ever before. Now, we know that there will be a lot of hard conversations about next steps and the work that we need to do to create a sustainable water system in the long term. All of that is important. Today, I want to focus, however, on thanking the team that has pulled us out of this darkest part of the crisis and express my gratitude to all the Mississippians and to all the Americans who helped play a role in getting us to this point. Mississippi Emergency Management Agency says it will close water distribution sites at the end of operating hours on Saturday. Coming up, September is Suicide Prevention Month. We talk to a mental health advocate on the role of family support. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. September is National Suicide Prevention Month. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Mississippi recorded 410 deaths by suicide in 2020, a per capita rate of 13.9. Other studies indicate suicide was the leading cause of death among Mississippians 15 to 24 years old. Satania Wembley is the executive director of the Mississippi affiliate of the National Alliance on Mental Health. We begin our conversation recognizing Suicide Prevention Month by examining ways people in mental health distress can seek help. A lot of people never go into a a clinician to actually get a diagnosis. However, they may say, I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling um, out of sorts, I know something is going on. However, I don't think I can walk in and say I'm struggling. And then sometimes, especially like with young adults, it's hard to get a diagnosis because they're going through so much. Um, 75% of people who are going to have a mental health struggle, it starts between the ages of 14 and 26. Well, we all know that's a big transition period. So if you go into a clinician, they don't want to give you a label or give you a diagnosis for something, and it may just be something that we have to watch over time. So you don't have to have a a diagnosis on paper. You don't have to even show a diagnosis. You just need to know that you're struggling with your mental health and you want help. I was looking at some stats online, and... Uh, came across the um, rankings for uh, the states, and it said that suicide is highest in Mississippi for those between the ages of 25 to 34 and 55 to 64. And in those two categories, suicides outpaced uh, the nation in 2020. 
So in 2020, there were 410 suicides in Mississippi. Does that sound like a familiar statistic for you and what you do? Yes, it does. Um, It's surprising to many, especially with our younger adults and our older adults. But those are very, very lonely time frames for many people. So it does sound correct. I will say there are so many suicides that do not get in those records. So just because that's what the record says, we also have to take into consideration that there are others who we lose that are not considered suicide, but it may be a situation where there is a suicide. For instance, um, reckless behavior. So some people drink too much or they decide to take drugs to kind of mask what's going on. Well, if that person overdosed, it doesn't necessarily show that it was a suicide. It may be that they overdosed by mistake. So it, there's a lot between there, but I think those rates are, they're alarming, but they're they are pretty accurate for our state. Also, it's said that males are more likely to commit suicide. Is that the yes. case in Mississippi? Yes. Statistically, males are more likely to complete the mission because when they do it, they go all in and um, make sure that we don't have to worry about them coming back. Whereas ladies seem to um, ladies seem to attempt, but they are not as successful. Can suicide be a cry for help? It is. It most definitely is. And I will tell you, um, before I started to work with NAMI, I didn't know anyone who had had an attempt to commit suicide. And talking to people, which is one of the things we do, we teach individuals to tell their stories and just be open and honest about it. And talking to people who've committed suicide, it's not that they're wanting to leave this earth. It's not that they're wanting to not live anymore. And a young adult said it the best that I've ever heard it put. It's not that they don't want to live. They don't want to live like that. The struggle that they're going through has become so overwhelming that they just can't do it anymore. So they're tired, so to speak, exhausted. Yes. And that's usually it. It's just, I can't fight this battle anymore, and I'm tired, and this is the only way that they see out. Is that more common? And I shouldn't say more common, but if a person has a mental disorder like bipolar disorder or uh, depression or schizophrenia, the all the situations, the anguish that those diagnoses can put you through make you feel like, I just don't want to go on? Yes. that That's generally what happens because you're fighting a battle within yourself. You're fighting a battle within society. You're doing your best at everything that you can do. And sometimes it just doesn't seem to be enough. And there's never anyone that just steps up and says, you're doing great. And you can do this, or I've done this, and you can do it too. Sometimes that makes a huge difference just to accept a person for where they are and what their success looks like, allow them to have that. And as a society, we don't necessarily do that. And it can cause people to fall into a category where they feel like they need to leave in order to be okay. Then there are, you know, families who try and work with their loved one, get them counseling and get them the help they need, and they still 
see that person as really, really struggling and concerned that they're going to eventually complete suicide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's one of those problems um, that just some things just come with the territory. And that's why we offer our families training and we offer our um, training to different people in the community because that person's success can actually weigh on what their support system is able to do. Yes, people are trying to get help, but how do you take your loved one to get the help? Do you go in and say, I'm going to force you to get help? Because with mental health, an individual has to accept who they are mentally and accept that they need the help before you can get them help. So it's not something you can force someone into until that person accepts that this is their journey and they have to go ahead and accept their journey then there's always going to be a struggle. But as a family member myself, I know it's hard to watch a family member struggle. And it's hard not to say we need you to do this and try to, you know, give them tough love and put your foot down. But sometimes we need to refrain our thoughts and retrain ourselves so that we are able to support our loved ones. And that's exactly what our classes teach everyone in the community is how to support someone when they're struggling. And what did you notice about your loved one when they were struggling? Well, I was born to a mother who lives with bipolar schizophrenia. So in this point, she's gotten to where she accepts who she is um, and she knows what's going on. But when she tells me she's struggling, I accept it. When she asks me um, to go to a doctor's appointment with her, I do my best to do that because Sometimes no one's listening to them, but if you're their voice for them, then there's more help that can be had. Um, I've noticed that she is a little bit more open to me when I talk about her mental health and say things that let her know I accept who she is regardless. Um, And she's just accepting of herself more. There's never any judgment from anyone because at the end of the day, she is who she is. She's a wonderful person outside of her mental health. She is an accomplished person outside of her mental health. And to be able to see that and to know that, opposed to just focusing on her mental health, makes her feel a lot better. Coming up after the break. We give others grace to say it's okay not to be okay. Give that advice to yourself and be okay with stepping back, redirecting yourself, recollecting yourself, and then moving forward. More from Satania Wembley. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Are you excited for Friday and the MPB Friday local shows? Learn about your yard and life at 9 with the Gestalt Gardener. What events are going on? Next Stop Mississippi will tell you at 10. At 11, Southern Remedy answers your medical questions from a woman's perspective. We've got experts to help you finish out the week with timely information. Friday local shows on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio. Or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Statistics show 
mental health struggles start early. Um, and we as adults don't ever look back and think, oh, that was a stressful time or that was a time that was hard for me as a child. But children are struggling. And if you get the help that they need right then, those same struggles won't come back years down the line. And if they do come back, these young adults now have tools and they now have an example of what to do. If your child is acting out at school and you say, hey, let's go see a therapist, and you go see the therapist, everything kind of, you know, weighs out. They go to college, they become an adult, and then they start to have a struggle again. At this point, it's okay for them to go to a therapist. They've been there. They know what it's like. They know what's going to happen. These are things that we have to actively do. Is nothing wrong with not being okay. I always say it's okay not to be okay. And even with jobs, I know with COVID going on, um, there was a rise in depression and anxiety among youth, young adults, and adults. Um, there's a lot when you are just an individual trying to go through your day and c- accomplish everything and all of your goals. There's a lot that goes into that. But we have to recognize that we are people first. We are not perfect. We can't do all things without making sure that we're okay mentally and physically. Just like you go to the doctor and get your physical checkup every year, it's important to get your mental health checkup as well. We see so many struggles. Like right now we've got high inflation. Housing prices are really high. People are finding it hard to be able to afford rent. People, more people are homeless This hopelessness, how do you treat that? It's more so how do you deal with it. It's not even something that the hopelessness can't always be treated, but we have to understand there's another day, just one day at a time. Do your best today. Keep moving the next day and go from there and move forward. And if you can talk to a therapist, do that. If you don't have the opportunity and you feel like you're just, overwhelmed, call 988 and talk to someone there. Find out what's going on there and um, see what they say you need to do. Hopelessness can come in and creep in with the highest of the high and the lowest of the low, and it's something that just sits within an individual. And you have to work as an individual within yourself to get past it. I know there's a lot of stress on jobs, um, but you have to realize you're only one person and you can only do so much. So set your goals that are attainable and go for that. Don't overdo it. Don't be the yes person all the time because at that point you're putting yourself on the back burner. We give others grace to say it's okay not to be okay. And if you've ever had a friend and your friend comes to you with the problem, you usually give them great advice that goes something like you're a great person, it's going to be okay, It'll get greater later. Give that advice to yourself and be okay with stepping back, redirecting yourself, recollecting yourself, and then moving forward. Are you surprised that there have been reports that the 988, this new national hotline that's come online in July, it's in all the states, is seeing such an increase in phone calls? Yeah, I'm not surprised at all because... We haven't acknowledged it as much as we probably should, but a lot of the 911 calls were literally mental health calls. Um, But now we have somewhere to call and say, this is a mental health crisis. 
and be okay with saying it. By giving the opportunity to label it as mental health before you even call in, it took the stigma away and it allowed individuals to not be afraid to call. Because if this is a national number, that means you're not the only one struggling. This is a national struggle. Is there anything that you'd like to share that I didn't ask you that's important to point out about this? Um, I think just note that it's okay not to be okay. We have to lean into our communities and make sure that our communities across the state know that there are people out here willing to help. There are resources out here. It's just a matter of finding the resources and making sure to plug yourself or your loved one into those resources so that they can actually learn to live with their mental health struggles and learn to be successful in who they are within themselves. Sataniel Wembley, thank you so much for what you're doing to educate us about this issue and your work in Mississippi on behalf of us all to help people recover. We really appreciate you. Anytime, and thank you for having me. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.